0: This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Clean Cause. Do you need a healthier option for a quick boost? You can grab a Clean Cause organic Herba Mate and get your day going with 160 milligrams of better caffeine that won't cause crashes or jitters like some of the other energy drinks or coffee might even do. You can choose from eight different flavors. You can also try the newly launched non-carbonated Herba Mate. I'm actually drinking one of these right now. It's peach and it's really dang good. And here's the best part. Every sip makes a difference in the fight against addiction. So Clean Cause donates 50% of net profits to support individuals in recovery from drug and alcohol addiction. Uh, So grab a boost, live better, transform lives. Head on over to cleancause.com right now and get 20% off your order with promo code Soberguy. That's cleancause.com. Enter the promo code Soberguy at checkout and save 20%. That
1: Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is
0: advised. I'm Shane Ramey. You're listening to That Sober Guy podcast, and we help people stay sober. If it's your first time listening, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here today. So If you can find more podcasts, more resources You can also contact us by going to thatsoberguy.com no Be sure to follow us on Instagram tomorrow. at thatsoberguypodcast All the links from today's show will be in the show notes So they're easy for you to find I'm you. Pumped today about our guest, his name is Joel Staley And uh, Joel's a fitness coach uh, He's we worked with over 1,400 down. clients to help them lose 25 to 50 plus pounds And keep it off with fasting Uh, Joel struggled with his own drinking for over a decade but recently quit uh, and he's never felt better he's doing some great work and uh, you can find him on Instagram at Joel Staley fitness also shedfatfast.com and we'll be sure like I mentioned to put all those links in the show notes for you Uh, Joel man we're uh, we're pumped to be here I'm pumped to be here I know you're pumped to be here man it's good to have you on the podcast today brother
1: dude thanks for having me i'm a huge fan of what you're doing here
0: thank you thank you man i i appreciate that um man it it really is a a blessing to to be able to uh you know to do podcasting and coaching and um stuff that i enjoy to do uh you know day in and day out so i appreciate the support there um let's uh let's let's dive in get to know you a little bit uh for those out there um where are you from give us a little background about yourself joel
1: Sure. I'm in Omaha, Nebraska. I joined the Navy Submarine Force right out of high school. And as a typical sailor, man, we were drinking every night, every weekend. We'd pull into port. It's like, who can have the most beers and still show up for work on time the next day? And that just never really left me, man. I got back to Omaha after my service and Uh, man, I liked to party. I I hadn't seen my friends from high school in many, many years and they were all drinking. We'd go downtown and chase girls around, get drunk. And, uh, dude, then like before I knew it, I was a husband, I was a dad and I had never really stopped the habitual drinking Yeah, and it was a problem for me.
0: Yeah. How many uh, kids do you have?
1: I have three young daughters, a four-year-old and two one-year-old twins.
0: Nice, man. Nice, dude. Congratulations. And all girls, you got your hands full, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, I I mean, I I would imagine, um, and I only say that, I guess, in my own experience. Like, I know when I had my daughter, she was two and a half right around the time I really started to go, like, full force and be like, I got to make some changes. I I need to quit, you know, drinking. Um, Has that... Like how is like the family part of that, you know, having a family now not being, you know, single and, and, in, you know, in the military and traveling and doing that kind of party lifestyle. Like how has that adjustment been, been for you? So
1: this all started from my daughter. I was drinking a Zevia, which is like a mineral water Mm. in a can. And she came up to me and she was three years old at the time. And she's like, dad, is that a beer? And. It just like cut deep. I I was more of a whiskey martini guy or a wine guy anyway, so I don't even know where she came up with beer. But the fact that she looked at me drinking something and assumed it was alcohol, that was like the catalyst for everything. And then I had a birthday party a few months later. It was a pool party in our backyard and everyone brought me whiskey except for my mom Mm. who she got me as a present, a picture of an old fashioned. So I'm like, when you really break this down, all my friends that love me and care about me are bringing me poison. And my mom, the one person that didn't is bringing me a picture of poison. (laughs) Like, is this what people, I have so many interests, so many hobbies, but yet it's like when people think Joel Staley, they're thinking whiskey. That was the second kind of like, all right, maybe this is a problem here. Yeah. But then the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back was on um, our twin daughters, Riley and Peyton's first birthday. My wife, Amy, wanted to get some cute pictures. And, of course, with newborn twins, it's very normal. Uh, you talk about escapism and, uh, like, sedating yourself. Yeah. And admittedly, we did that for their first year. Or I did that. Uh, I would work all day on my business and help clients and whatnot. And then I would come home and it was like screaming babies, Mickey Mouse club, uh, changing diapers, crying. And it was just like, oh my God, how can I fast forward this? It was almost like that movie Click with Adam Sandler. I'm like, how can I just like black out and fast forward till I get to work again? Um, And so my wife, Amy, wanted to take, pictures for their first birthday, and she was going to be drinking a glass of wine. I was going to be drinking out of the bottle, and then our oldest, Kennedy, is drinking out of a sippy cup, and she's looking right at me. Mm. And uh, it was just, like, supposed to be a cute, funny picture, but there's so much truth to it that, like, A, I would drink way more than Amy. She would drink at night, too, but she would have a glass, and I would finish the bottle and a half. So I wasn't, like... I was different i really was yeah. drinking out of the wine bottle more often than not and then just the fact that in that picture kennedy was looking straight at me it was like dude, what kind of example are you setting yeah. and then we got a pool in the backyard man we have three young girls i just started thinking like what if dude worst case scenario something were to happen and even if i was just sipping on a whiskey back there had an open beer That alone paints the narrative of like alcohol was involved. What what if it wasn't involved? Would it have been the same outcome? You know, so it was just a lot at once. And uh, I decided for their first birthday, the twins, I was going to take a year off. I'm six months in as of last week, dude. And I've never felt better in my life.
0: Yeah, dude, that's amazing, man. Congratulations on, on the six months. And, Um, You know, I just I I love hearing you um, and thanks for sharing a couple of those stories, too, you know, and some of those thoughts. man. I know those aren't um, I know those sometimes aren't easy to share publicly, those thoughts that we have about the decisions that we have made or that we're making. Um, But what is so cool about you being able to share that and go through that, too, is you know, and obviously we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, fitness today and your, your program. And, um, I have some, I even have some personal questions at 42, you know, that I'd love to ask you that I think some other dudes out there would relate to, but be, but next to that, to see a guy like you, um, you know, who's a leader in his own community, who is a, a leader in the fitness industry, step up and, um, and admit like, Hey, this is an issue. And I'm seeing some, some, um, some issues with this and i can see where this is headed and i think my favorite part of that is you know what the heck kind of example am i setting for my kids if i'm gonna sit here and do this behavior and then what what do i expect them you know to do in the long run and because the normalcy bias of drinking and the normality of it that is pushed upon us between media and um Sports and just going down to to your local grocery store, you know, or what? I mean, it's everywhere, and it is very, very hard to break that cycle sometimes. So, anyways, I just want to like congratulate you and say I think it's amazing, bro, and I so encourage you to keep going on that. Um, You know, and let me know, please, when you get to that year. Maybe we can have you back on and just talk a little bit about what that year, you know, has 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 been like, and so maybe we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But for now. Like, so you're six months in, give us a little insight into what it like, what it's feeling like right now. And what are some of the tools that you're using to help you, um, stay sober if you have an urge or if, you know, some of those thoughts start to come up.
1: So the biggest feeling that I noticed, especially for the first three weeks to, to first month was I was so used to saying I was going to stop drinking. I'd wake up and then I'd have whiskey on my breath or vodka or wine or whatever it was. And that was like the first feeling of the day is like, Oh man, I did it again. I said, I was going to stop doing it yet. I I did it yet again. I'm not going to drink tonight. I'd go to the gym, work out. I'd go to work all day and then I would get home. And again, dude, it's like screaming babies newborns yeah. four-year-old like why aren't i getting attention anymore yeah. wife's post-mortem she's like stressed out she's not super fun to be around i love you honey at the time <laughs> so it was like yeah um i'm in this asylum for three or four hours a night and it's like oh yeah this is why i drink and so then i would drink again and then i'd wake up the next day and i was just stuck at this groundhog's day of waking up every morning with a giant l I'm playing catch up all day and keep telling myself I'm not going to do it tomorrow. I feel bad in the morning and then come 5.00 PM. Oh no, we're getting it. Yeah. So for that first month, man, just waking up of like, Oh man, I'm waking up. I feel good. I might have morning breath, but it sure as hell doesn't taste like whiskey or or vodka. Uh, I'm actually doing this. And that alone was, just like the repairing of the self-confidence of like, yeah. dude, maybe I can do this Yeah. instead of lying to myself for many, many months. It's like, I'm actually, I've got some, some ground beneath me now. Yeah. And a part of that was a, the deadline. I think the deadline helped is like setting a goal that was big, but not, uh, I'm never going to do it again, even though I don't think I probably will. But also the big part was, but one of my fitness clients, Brian O'Connor in Ireland, uh, so you know how they like to get down over there, <laughs> Yes, he was an alcoholic that quit drinking seven years ago, and he was um, he was drinking at work. He was like 70 pounds heavier, mm-hmm. had like the bright red puffy face. And he said on one of our coaching calls one time, he's like, I'll do the accent. If Brian O'Connor can stop drinking, anyone can do anything. <laughs> and I was like, man, that's, yeah. that was like another seed planted in my head. So I reached out to Brian and I was like, man, I'm really thinking about taking a year off from booze. But I know that if I don't have somebody that I respect and look up to, uh, to check in with yeah. each week, then I'm it's just going to be another failed attempt. And so that's what we did, man. He's like, I'd love to be the one to be that resource for you. And just making the commitment out loud for one, uh, knowing that I wasn't just going to let myself and my family down for two, but I'd have to reach out to somebody I really had a great relationship with and been like, "Hey, I'm weaker than you. I know you like <laughs> you did it, but yeah. I'm too big of a puss to follow through." Uh, at least as getting started, that was massive for me.
0: Yeah. So so that so that accountability and having somebody, I feel like, gosh, man, like there's so many uh, similarities there in, in, uh, in some of, some of my story too. So I can so relate to that, but that accountability piece is so important because, you know, as as men, it is really hard sometimes to ask for help. And like you mentioned, like, Oh, I'm, I'm weaker than you, you're doing this. But at the same time, if you kind of flip that on, on it's on the other side, it does give us strength because you see Brian, you see Brian can do it. Well, shoot, if Brian could do it, I could do it. My, my buddy was Seth, you know, And uh, Seth had two years before me and Seth was in the Coast Guard. So very familiar or or similar to some of your background, man, just a lot of drinking and partying. And um, I said, man, if Seth can do this crap, I could definitely do it, you know, and so that it gives us a little bit of um, of courage, a little bit of strength, a little bit, you know, that little much that we that we need to uh, to to keep going. Um, So how have um, how have your workout? Well, actually, let me back up. Tell us a little bit about like fitness. Like, How did you get into fitness? Were you an athlete growing up? Um, give us a little background on, on that.
1: I've always enjoyed lifting weights since I was 12 years old, and my dad took me to the gym for the first time, and I saw like all the bodybuilders and chicks in the spandex pants, and I was like, <laughs> oh my, this yeah. place is heaven on earth. Where has this been my whole <laughs> life? So it was like me and my dad's guy time, but for the next 10 to 15 years, I still like to go and lift weights and be in that environment. But the diet was just complete trash. As you can imagine, as someone who drinks all the time and parties. um, So I would always have like some belly fat on me, or I would get dedicated for a couple months and eat nothing but chicken and broccoli. And I'd lose some weight, but then it all come crashing back. And then back in 2016 a childhood friend of mine was doing men's physique competitions and he was always like my competition as we were growing up. So I was like, all right, if Nick can do it, I can do it. So that was my new year's resolution is to get up on stage and do a men's physique show. Nice. So I cut out booze for 90 days that time. And I had like a one page meal plan I would stick to. And I got lean and shredded. I got second place in the show, which was pretty great for my first show But then after the show, I, like, totally uh, rebounded. Hmm. And that's how I'm kind of familiar with, like, a relapse. Yeah. It's like you cut it out for so long, and then you tell yourself you're going to ease yourself back into it. And it's like, oh, I haven't had a hamburger or nachos or breakfast sandwich or burrito in 90 days. And I just, like, started binge eating, man. And I gained all that, like, 20 pounds I had lost back within a matter of weeks. Wow. Um, so that was frustrating because it was the beginning of summer and I just posted a bunch of pictures on Facebook of me looking like lean and jacked. And then there's all these (laughs) pool parties and I didn't want to go because I'm like, (laughs) dude, everyone's going to think I like Photoshop those things. I gained all that weight back almost immediately. And that happened year after year for a few more years. I would diet down for the show. I'd gain it all back. And I found out that was actually very normal when you're like restricting everything. Um, so then the last year I got into more of fasting. And it started off with sixteen eight fasting, which is very common. But as I went down the rabbit hole and kept doing more and more, I realized that all the real benefits, like the jacked up uh, testosterone, human growth hormone, getting into ketosis, it all came with the longer fasts. So I started experimenting with that and man, I got lean very quickly. And what was nice is I didn't have to cut out the, um, you know, the food I actually like to eat. Yeah. And as an entrepreneur whose time is our biggest currency, I didn't have to, divide my day into eating like six meals a day or give up half my Sunday to meal prep or track calories and macros. He's yeah. like, if I could work these fast and I could be a lot more lenient on my, on my diet.
0: Got it. So how, um, how does that has, has, has cutting the alcohol out now too, for, for six months, has that really helped with, um, your workouts as well as, as diet
1: workouts yes diet it actually had the opposite effect Mm. and brian warned me about that he's like man you're you're gonna have a sweet tooth because you're missing that sugar yeah and so i noticed for those first two months especially um now don't get me wrong i would normally have like a whiskey or two and then i would get into the crap it was kind of like a milestone habit for me yeah or i'd have the whiskey and then I'm like oh an edible sounds like a good idea I'll, I'll start I'll get twisted really like maybe get a downer for my upper and then you have the edible and it's like oh I'll get into the uh, lucky charms and the doritos and whatnot so it's, dude it's like a mess yeah. but I did have that sweet tooth those sugar cravings for the first few months and um, after I I started just doing a really good tasting protein shake mm-hmm. instead of getting into like candy I don't know if you've had those nerd balls, but like they're oh, gummy yeah. and they have the nerds all around, dude. They were like, Yeah, those weaned me off alcohol, those and Topo Chicos for like the first two months.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, I love the topos too, man. Those are, so yeah, good. Topo Chicos have yeah. been a
1: lifesaver, yeah, man. Those are great,
0: but I, I mix them with the little cranberry sometimes. I'll throw like, I'll put in a glass, like maybe a little lime in there. It's really, really good. Nice, yeah.
1: But, yeah, now the diet's dialed in. Nice. Uh, The protein shake has been a nice replacement for that sweet tooth. I'll mix some fruit in there or whatnot. I get a sweet-tasting protein powder with, like, tastes like a McFlurry, like a Butterfingers McFlurry. Yeah. Uh, Workouts have been solid, man. Yeah. And there was something with the workouts when I was drinking all the time is, like, I wanted to punish myself. I, like – I was like, dude, you screwed up again. You're going to pay for it because you drank, you got into the chips. You totally blew it. Now you're going to like pay for it. Yeah. And it just wasn't healthy, dude. Now my workouts are like, I feel great. I have a lot of energy. I want to put that energy into sculpting my physique.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, um, I, I, I just, the, the diet part um, is so like, I've always found it pretty, pretty easy to get to the gym, pretty easy to stay active. Let's just say that. Cause I like being outside and stuff too. But the, the, the sugar piece for me is, is really difficult. And like we, we did some shopping at Costco, uh, you know, last week or whatever. And I'm walking through a man and there's like, you know, it's like cheesecake like there was, I don't know, some other chocolate cake. And then and then there's like this peanut butter chocolate cream pie. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm buying that. And my wife's like looking at me like shaking her head like, well, you know you're the only one that's going to eat it because no one else likes it. I go, yeah, exactly. So we buy it. I think there's like a quarter of it left in my fridge right now. I'm going to throw that damn thing out today because I think it's like a day old at this point. But like, man, dude, I do like and I'll, I'll do so good during the day. And then at night, it's usually nighttime is like when I'm like, okay, I want some cookies or I want some cake or some pie or whatever. So um, is there so and I know you said you switched over to like protein. Do you find that there's any kind of balance in that if you are fasting or if maybe it's not so much what you eat, but the quantity of how much you eat too? like, what does that look like? Or any tips or thoughts on that for dudes out there struggling with sugar like myself?
1: For sure, man. Well, the reason the sugar cravings are so bad at night is because we're very productive and busy throughout the day. We're working, we're taking calls, we're tending to the family. And then it's always like when you sit on the couch and you finally kick your feet up at the end of the day, uh, it's not a coincidence why that's why they run all the pizza commercials and all the like food commercials is because they know, A, you're finally like, idle hands is the devil's play thing. So you're like yeah. bored a meeting. That's when you get into snacking and whatnot. But also if you do have fitness goals, they've done studies where you're like willpower tank is full when you wake up in the morning. And then as you uh, get the kids ready for school and they're like running away, your willpower like drains a little bit, but then you're stuck in traffic on your way to work and someone cuts you off and like, you don't snap on them, it drains yeah. a little bit. And, it keeps depleting, so by the end of the day, it's 9.30 at night, and you finally get the kids down and get to kick your feet up and stuff, and you're like, my willpower tank is empty, and I just need an immediate dopamine hit yes. right now, yeah. and that's when you get into the pantry and whatnot. Yeah. So it's like any other habit, man. You can't just say, I'm not going to do it anymore. You have to replace it. Yeah. Uh, that's why the sweet protein shake has been helpful for me. Is because you get the oral fixation; it curbs the sweet tooth. You don't feel bad about it in the morning. It yeah. gives you something to sip on and pass the time that like fills you up. But you have to go in with a plan. Otherwise, if you're just trying to like grit through it and white knuckle it, you're going to get into those nerd balls every yeah. time or that cake.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's good, man. Yeah, it's it's it is. It's like anything. I mean, and I think you said one key thing that the older I get and the more like just like I grow, I guess, as just a, a human being, like I'm realizing how how important a plan is. I've always known a plan is important with quitting drinking, let's say, because I had to implement that almost 10 years ago. Like what's my plan when I go here, when I go there, when I do this, when I do that. But even implementing it into other parts of our life, whether it's work or uh, eating, fitness, um, uh, just mental health, overall, whatever we do, the plan is, is so key. Um, what? So let me ask you this too. With the chaos of having, um, a family and, you know, uh, kids and crying kids. And even my kids are nine and 13, man. And some days I'm just like, I feel pulled all over the place as, as does my wife. How have you been dealing? Like, whereas before you were turning to a couple drinks to deal with that, how have you been dealing with that, that, um, today?
1: Yeah. So it goes back to replacing. I I knew I couldn't just like suppress all that energy that I was putting towards sedating myself and and hope for the best. So I, um, I bought my first guitar and I've been telling myself, I'm like, man, I can't, I want to make a post on Facebook or wherever at my one year of not drinking and be like, I put down the maker's mark, I picked up a guitar, I've never played in my life, and now I can do this, <laughs> and, and I just totally shred. Yeah. Um, so I've been trying to create instead of consume, and uh, I'm trying to learn the guitar, and that's really been where I've ch- been channeling that. That's like my me time now. I can yeah. still escape, kind of. Uh, I'm still with the family and whatnot. I'm not just, just ignoring them, but yeah. when I need that release at the end of the day, it's productive now. It's not like self-sabotaging.
0: Yeah. I love it, man. I love it. I'm a guitar player myself. And I, what, I, I wondered
1: was, if you were, I know you're a big music guy.
0: Uh, yeah, man. I start. I picked it up when I was in my late teens, um, played in some bands and different stuff. And I still, I still really enjoy to play but I'll give you one. I want to give you one tip if that's cool. Like on learning the guitar. Okay. So the way I taught myself too, and I'm not like a, I'm not an amazing like lead guitar player. I can't like shred crazy, but I can play, um, you know, a lot of different chords and some different jams and stuff, a lot of punk rock stuff and some reggae and some old country and stuff. And I just have fun doing it, but I taught myself check this out by taking a dump, bro, because here's my philosophy. Here's my philosophy. (laughs) You have to take a dump, let's just say on average, 10 minutes a day, right? So for a full year about when I first picked it up, Every time I went to take a dump, I took my guitar with me, and I played for like 10 minutes. And then I learned like one chord, two chord. I think the first song I learned was like a social distortion song. It's probably like Ball and Chain or Bad Luck or something. And it was three chords, and I just focused on those. And then before I knew it, like I knew two, three chords, and then I knew a couple songs. And yeah, it's a great philosophy, though, man. It works. I promise. You should definitely try it. (laughs) Dude, I do something
1: similar. It's not taking a dump, but... So I, uh, I I'm a big I like to watch conspiracy videos and just yes. go down the rabbit hole on topics. I mean. Once I found out like the uh, they tell you to eat every two hours and you need protein every ten seconds and all and I found out that was all like complete BS. And then <laughs> you know some stuff happened a few years ago. I won't get too into. I don't know, uh, you know how you feel about all that stuff. Um, I'm, I went yeah. down the rabbit hole. Uh, I started noticing that there was a lot of, I wanted to go back to the beginning and maybe reevaluate some stuff for myself. So I spend like an hour a night at least just going down the rabbit hole. And I did that for a year and a half or so. And then I started thinking around the same time I picked up the guitar. I was like, dude, if you'd spent that 365 hours learning a new skill, you'd be like (laughs) pretty decent by now. Yeah. So now if I'm going to sit down and watch my conspiracies, I make sure I have my guitar in hand and I'm actually noodling around with it at the minimum or actually practicing.
0: I love it. So some conspiracy videos and some guitar playing. That's, uh, that's, amazing, yeah, dude. Dude. I call
1: that dad time. I love it. And a Topo Chico brother. And I'm, I'm solid. Heck yeah.
0: <laughs> Are you familiar with the history of the term conspiracy? Like conspiracy theory? Yeah,
1: the JF CIA for JFK, right?
0: Yep. Very interesting stuff, right? Because if we don't follow a certain narrative that is proposed, then we are tinfoil hat wearing conspiracy theorists instead of critically or uh, the human beings with the ability to critically think for ourselves and form our own opinions based on evidence and or experience very like,
1: yeah, it's all branding, man. It's totally uh, crazy. Once you see behind the curtain there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a lot of stuff. So I've spent a lot of time on that as well. So I'm sure we have lots of, lots of different things in, in common there. <laughs> and uh, you know, it's funny. Like I, I have always thought about, um, man, I should like start another podcast. Cause I've talked about stuff here and there on this show. And like, some people get pissed and some people are all about it, but like at the same time, I'm like, I'll just kind of keep it focused. Cause I want people to get sober and stop drinking. And here's kind of my thought on that as men, like if we can break the cycle of addiction and alcoholism, we can break the cycle of the mental psychosis that a lot of us are under because of propaganda and, and, and media that's been pushed upon us for decades um, that has really helped shape people's reality into what they think is true and, and what's not true. You know,
1: Dude, you nailed it earlier when you were talking about boozes everywhere. I remember when I was first getting started and we had the country, uh, radio playing out at the pool parties and every song is like, had a long day, going to get me a beer. And then it's like, (laughs) I'm drunk on a plane. And then like the next one, nine out of 10 are talking about booze. And I'm like, of course, everyone drinks all the time. That's it. Like shoved down your throat. So I I see it, man.
0: Yeah, sorry, my uh, my computer um, went unplugged there for a minute, and the light turned off. Just give me one sec here. There we go. Yeah, it's um, you know it's all around us, and I think that's like the other the other parts of that too is like how do we escape it when it's still all around us? And I think it is having a conscious decision in order to do that, but also being um, having a little bit of know how and knowledge on like how it affects our body and what it does to us. Like there's a reason that it's called spirits. Like there, there's a reason that they put that into, you know, that goes into our bodies. And I know for me, and, and even some people very close to me, it makes us something that we're not like, I really believe it Mm -hmm. robs our soul. It robs our spirit. And it leaves us in a state of sedation where we're not awake. We're not awake to reality. We're numb to it. And so people that are numb on drugs, alcohol are very easy to control at the same time too.
1: Oh yeah, man. Psychedelics, same thing. I mean, if you ever get into MK ultra, we're not going to get this oh, yeah. deep on your podcast, but I know, I think, that's pretty on. much it. They get you on psychedelics. They put yep. straps, some headphones to your head and make you listen to the same thing for 48 hours. Next thing you know, you're like completely brainwashed because you're so easy to manipulate in that uh, type of yeah. state.
0: Well, that was so interesting too. I know that was big out in um, in the Bay Area in San Francisco in the '60s. MK Ultra and that whole program and the psychedelic program. What's interesting about that too is I do think that I do think that there probably are. Um, some benefits. And, and I, I personally never did a lot of mushrooms or like LSD or anything like that. Um, but I have talked to a lot of people who have, who have experienced like ayahuasca, another one who've experienced that in a controlled setting and it's helped heal trauma and PTSD. Um, and I think it's interesting to explore some of that stuff when it's used for a specific purpose versus I'm just going to go get out of my mind high. I mean, I think that's kind of different You know, two different things there.
1: Yeah, I'm meeting up with my mastermind group next week in Bend, Oregon, and we're going to do a little mushrooms out in nature just because uh, (laughs) we won't get crazy, but because, hey, why not? I think the big three, man, just from looking at it from my perspective, is alcohol, porn, and food. Mm. And those are the three things. If they can get you drunk so you're not thinking, they can get you to... Uh, masturbate three times a day so you're docile we all know how you feel after you've masturbated where you just want to like lay on the couch and chill yeah you don't have any like drive whatsoever and then keep you fed constantly it's same as after you eat thanksgiving dinner imagine you just had thanksgiving dinner and then busted a nut you don't want to do anything (laughs) yeah you just want (laughs) to lay on the couch and watch football yeah. So if they can have you do those three things, it's like the perfect trifecta to get you to just yeah follow suit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We're definitely going to have to do a follow up episode on this. Cause I know we were a little short on time today. We got a late start and we only got about eight minutes, five to eight minutes left. I think the point to this and then we'll move on. Cause I want to hear more about your coaching program and, and exactly what you do, where we can find you at. Um, Here's the points of this, at least for me right now, Joel, and, and and you can give your take as well. I think that as men, we have an obligation to our families, to our communities, to um, to just uh, other human beings in general, to um, step up and recognize some of the stuff that we're talking about. And a lot of this starts with um, with cutting these poisons and these these things that are affecting us um, out of our lives, or at least at the minimum, making a conscious decision to start like looking at them from a different perspective. And then we can decide how we want to uh, adjust how we want to make changes to that. Um, how do you feel about that? What's your advice to anyone out there? Who's, uh, who's struggling with alcohol, porn, anything?
1: Um, so my, I think you're hundred percent right on the money, man. Um, it's terrible for you. Sick people. There's dude, I hate to be like all conspiracy theorists, on our first podcast here, but even big pharma dude get sick. And it's like, you're worth more. Oh, totally. You have to be aware that it's not just a coincidence that we're told to eat constantly, drink constantly and porn's free. Um, <laughs> they're all like the free cheese and the mouse trap. It's not free. It costs you a whole lot. And just because everyone around you at the nine to five office or your buddies from high school are doing it, that uh, that doesn't really give you an invitation to normalize it. Yeah. If you're going to lead your family, you need to be aware that uh, I have three little girls. I don't want to be watching porn up in the bathroom and then going and rocking my little girls to sleep. It's yeah. like disgusting yeah. to me now. Yeah. Uh, three little girls, if, like I said, if one of them falls into a pool or God forbid something happened at night and I didn't have the mental capacity to... Uh, act quickly and get them to the ER. Like that's on me as a dad. If I'm slowly killing myself and leading my family into a life of obesity, again, that boils back on me. Yeah. So these are all things that first you need to look deep within yourself on what you can get better in. And especially if you're the man of the family, you can start leading your family by example, which is the only way to lead as we all know.
0: I love it, man. That's, That's great advice there. Thanks for sharing that, man. Um, so what we'll do, if you want to hear more of Joel and I talking about conspiracies and I don't I don't even hate using that word these days, conspiracies, I don't really, I don't even like, I think that word sucks personally and I know the history and where it comes from. If you want to hear us talk more about things that are not the mainstream narrative. And, um, and all we're doing is having conversations and questioning things and asking and trying to learn and um, using our critical brains as God gave us to use. We'll just put it like that. Um, send Joe a message at Joel Staley Fitness. Send me a message at That Sober Guy Podcast. Maybe we'll link something up because I told my brother-in-law, he lives two doors down from me and we have a lot of these conversations as well. Um, in the garage here at the house, you know, when the girls are hanging out, what about this? Or did you, did you see about that? What, what are your thoughts? You know, we're always trying to pick each other's brain. I love those types of conversations. And unfortunately, uh, the first amendment is being stepped on like crazy right now. And so I think it's important that we continue to open those up. So maybe in the future we'll get a, get a, another chance to do that. Joel, I, I would love that. Um, Tell us, that. tell us a little bit about your, your, your fitness program. Um, I know you have a 30 day, I think it's a free 30 day challenge that, that, uh, dudes can check out. Um, where can they find you at? What should they look for? Um, give us a little info, man.
1: Yeah. So it's a 90 day body transformation program. I'd say 90% of our clients have been dads over the last few years, only because it is a very, um, underserved niche. We have yeah. a lot of responsibilities and whatnot, but one-on-one coaching, we walk you through the whole process, provide the workouts, and like you're always talking about fellowship, not only do we give you the blueprint and the accountability, but the uh, the community that's all striving towards a common goal with you, it, it really goes a long way, especially if you're a, a competitive person coming from collegiate athlete or military background. Yeah. Just men need to be around other men. Uh, myself, like perfect example, being around a wife and three daughters all night, I started to go a little bit – I almost turned into a Caitlyn Jenner there for a second. I'm like, Where I, dude, I need some brothers in my life here.
0: <laughs> uh, you at so least got to get, you like a, get a dog, you like a dog, like a male a guy, dog or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry,
1: man. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you need a good group of guys to push you and yeah. call you out on your bullshit and be like, dude, that sounds like an excuse. I thought you said you were going to do this. Yeah. It's invaluable. So you can check that out at shedfatfast.com if you have some fitness goals. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, man, I'm just – send me a message. I'm happy to help. However,
0: real quick, is there an example of like a dad that you, that you've recently worked with or in the past worked with, um, that was, that really made some, some solid progress and a little insight into, into what you did for that, that guy?
1: A lot. So we've had 1400 clients. I think I have like two bad reviews on Facebook and one's a pissed off ex girlfriend from 20 years ago. (laughs) Of course Uh, we've had guys lose up to 74 pounds in 90 days. It's been two years. They've kept it off. And I I don't mean like they were 400 pounds. Now they're 326, like they're brick shit houses now. Man, fasting, Counting calories and macros is such a joke. No one can do it for longer than ninety days. If you can do it for ninety days, you bounce back because it just sucks. Yeah. Uh, when you can eat like our ancestors did and work some fasting in, it's almost ridiculously like too easy to lose fat.
0: Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, Joel, thanks so much for coming on the podcast today, man. I appreciate you, uh, and I'm really looking forward to uh, doing doing another one in the future. Maybe we'll we'll talk about it right around a year or something. Next few months, six Sounds months or great. so. Awesome man. Shane, thanks.
1: Thanks for having me and thanks for everything you're doing for the uh, community here.
0: Appreciate you, man. I hope some spoke to you today. Share the podcast with a friend. Connect with us on Instagram at that sober guy podcast. Be sure to check out Joel at Shed Fat Fast Results on IG or at Joel's Daily Fitness. Shedfatfast.com. Peace, love, and respect. Keep your blood clean.